Hello and welcome to The Adventures of Superman from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings in a single bound. Look! Up in the sky! It's a bird! Yes, it's Superman, strange visitor from another world who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. Superman, who can change the course of mighty rivers, bend steel in his bare hands, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, fights a never-ending battle for truth, justice, and the American way. But before we join Superman, here is an important message. Fellows and girls, every day the city, state, and national offices of civilian defense organizations are swamped with letters from young people like yourselves. And most of these letters ask, what can I do, what part can I take in the national war effort? The writers of these letters are all too young to join the United States Armed Forces, too young to join any of the numerous home defense groups. And yet they ask, isn't there something we can do? Some of you listening now are no doubt among those who have written these letters. And I'll bet many of you who have not written have thought the same thing. Well, the answer is a very simple one, and here it is. You can do your part in civilian defense. You can help win this war by buying war-saving stamps regularly. How does that help, you ask? How can my dime or 20 or 40 or 50 cents help win this war? That's easy, too. For instance, your dime, just 10 cents, will buy five forty-five caliber bullets that can be used by our soldiers, sailors, or Marines to knock five Japs or five Nazis out of commission. And believe me, it's going to take a lot of those bullets to knock them all out and win the war. Another thing, 50 cents, which represents five 10-cent or two 25-cent war-saving stamps, will buy enough fuel oil to bring one of our destroyers a full mile closer to the Jap fleet. And you know what happens when our Navy gets close enough to turn on the heat. And here's one more thing for you to think over. If every fellow and girl in the United States bought at least five ten-cent war-saving stamps every day, the amount of money they'd lend the government would buy enough fighter planes and bombers to blast Hitler's Luftwaffe right out of the air. So remember that each and every dime is important, that buying war-saving stamps is a very important way to win the war. So why not pledge today to buy war-saving stamps regularly? And keep in mind this slogan. Every time you've got a dime, buy a war-saving stamp. And now, the adventures of Superman. Mystery surrounds the disappearance of Countess Wojeska in Arabia. In our last episode, we heard how Lois Lane, Jimmy Olsen, Sir Mycroft Bittersweet, and the Countess herself were bound and gagged and lined up against the wall in a deserted mosque, threatened with death. As our last episode ended, Superman was on his way, though himself is actually unaware of what danger our friends are in. Abu, one of the members of the band of desperados responsible for the Countess Wojeska's abduction, has taken matters into his own hands, much against the will of the man in the red fez, who, up to this point, has been master of the band. In the damp half-light of the sunken chamber, red fez speaks. I have always been, and I will continue to be, master of this band, Abu. I warn you. You have proved yourself a poor master. From here on, I, Abu, am the leader. Those four lined up against the wall are in the way. They must be removed. Then perhaps we shall be able to get our money from our employer, the Count. Well, Jessica is a Count, a member of royalty. 
We must employ a certain delicacy, a certain artistry. Delicacy, artistry. No. We eliminate these people and collect our fee. That will be the end of it. I, your new master, have spoken. Are you all agreed? Sidi Takan, Papu. Aye. well. Now then, good people, I'm about to rid this world of your press. Mm. Ah, yes, I know it is a terrible thing, you will say. But, my friend, we have wives and our children need sandals. Is that not so, Sidi? It is so, truly. It cannot be helped. Allah has so willed it. Blindfold them, Sidi. Yes, master. Already they call you master, eh, Abu? You still challenge my right to be so called? Certainty. When this is over, I will deal with you in my own way. They are blindfolded, master. Good. Now to dispatch these four as quickly as possible. What say you, Sidi? Gun or knife? Well, bullets are expensive. Use the knife. It costs nothing. Very well, the knife. Stand back. May I come in, gentlemen? Why the beardy prophet who are you? The name is Superman. Oh, I I've never heard the name before. Sidi, throw him out. With pleasure, master. Sir, you and the fanciful red cape yes. are interfering with important business. Oh. So out wait! Uh, what are you doing? Put me down! Put me down! The prophet, look how he holds Sidi at arm's length with one hand, uh, as if he were a fed man. Who's the head of this band? Well, come on, speak up. Who's the leader here? Uh, he, he, he is. Stop he is. pointing at one another. Which of you is the leader? I swear to you, Fendi, he is, Abu. And I swear to you that he is. He who is wearing the red pants. All right, then, both of you. Untie those four people and be quick about it. If we do that, you will not harm us, Fendi. You'll do it whether I intend to harm you or not. And after that, my friends, I'm going to take you to police headquarters. Police headquarters? I... Woe is me... And so ended Superman's Arabian adventure. Not another day was to pass, however, before Superman, as Clark Kent, Jimmy Olsen, and Lois Lane were in the thick of another baffling and dangerous mystery. It all began the following morning as Kent, in his hotel room, was finishing a cable dispatch to the Daily Planet. Listen. Boy, you sure can pound that machine. Think I'll ever be able to type like that? Oh, it takes years of experience and a special aptitude for typing to do as well as I'm doing. Why, you're kidding me. <laughs> of course I am. Hey, that's that. Now, well, you want to come on down to the telegraph office with me? I'd like to cable this to the chief as quickly as possible. Sure thing. Oh, by the way, Mr. Ken, is Miss Lane up yet? No, I haven't seen her. She's sleeping late this morning. I guess you could all use some rest after what you went through. Oh, we certainly could. Golly, you're lucky you weren't there. Of course, we were saved in the nick of time by Superman... But up until he arrived, it sure looked like the end for all of us. Now, it's amazing how Superman always manages to be on hand when he's needed most. Well, I guess that's one of the things that makes him so super. Well, we have a visitor. Come in. Leaping mackerel, who's this? Um, what, what can I do for you? You are Effendi Clark Kent. That's right. Permit this humble person, then, to cast his most low and despicable body at your gracious and benevolent feet. Jumping Jiminy, look at him down on the floor. Quiet, Jim. Arise and uh, state your business. I rise only since you requested. Uh, what can I do for you? I bring you a message from his sacred presence, the Sheikh Hassan Mohammed. What's the message? That you present yourself at your convenience in the pavilion of the Hundred Fountains, 
The Sheikh is in Mohammed would have words with you. The Sheikh wants words with me? There might be a story in that, Jim. Could be. I can come immediately if you wish. If you will follow me, I will lead you to the pavilion of the Hundred Fountain. Come on, Jim. This smells like adventure. Boy, I've always wanted to meet a real honest-to-goodness Sheikh. Kent and Jimmy were led by their guide through crooked, narrow bazaars, teeming with the colorful life of the ancient Arabian city. Finally, they reached what appeared to be a vast estate surrounded by a high stone wall. They entered and in a short time found themselves in the pavilion of the Hundred Fountains. Not only could be heard the soothing sound of the fountains, but the voices of many birds which roamed the spacious grounds at will. Seated on silken cushions near the edge of one of the fountains, Kent and Jimmy awaited the arrival of the sheik. Suddenly, a gong sounded. The sheik, Hussein Mohammed. Here he comes, Jimmy. Get up. Wow. Look at him. Please to be seated, Paul. Thank you, Excellency. Thanks. You are Clark Kent, the American newspaper reporter? That's right. I have heard much about you in the last week. Mr. Kent, as you can see, I am old, very old. There is little left to live for. Soon I shall die. Before I die, however... I have a heartfelt desire to look once again upon my son, whom I have not seen in many years. That is why I have called you here. I want you to find my son and bring him back to me. Have you any idea where he is? Yes, in Africa. Africa? Golly. I will explain. Fifteen years ago, my son, a young man of 25 was filled with the spirit of adventure. It was not enough that he should live here quietly and help me govern our people. No, he must go abroad seeking adventure. Fifteen years ago, he set forth in search of a lost tribe of pygmies somewhere in the Belgian Congo in darkest Africa. I have had no word from him to this day. It may be that he's dead. Yes. No, he's not dead. I know that in my heart. My son lives, and I want him brought back to me. I have sent six expeditions in search of him. Not one man of all those who went, not one, has ever returned. Golly! When I learned of your presence in Mecca, hoped that I might see my son rose within me. Will you do as I ask? I will pay you handsomely. Well, I don't know. You see, I'm not a free agent. I work for a newspaper, and I'm here in Arabia on a special assignment. Cable your employer. He might say yes. Money is no object. Yes, he might. Side trip to Africa wouldn't hurt as a story for the paper, either. Should his answer be yes, you will leave as quickly as possible for the Belgian Congo by private plane. As to your reward, you may ask of me anything it lies within my power to give. As you can see, I am fabulously wealthy. Well, thanks, but the money doesn't interest me. If my editor consents, I'll be happy to do all I can to locate your son. If you can do it, if you can find him, you will make the last days of an old man worth living. Well, I'll do my best, Excellency. Perhaps we'd better get started immediately. I had intended to cable a story to America before your messenger arrived. I can do both of these things at the same time now. Splendid. Would you return here then this evening? Yes. We shall have dinner together. We can go over the maps I have of the Belgian Congo. All right. 
They are the maps that once belonged to my sons and are complete in every detail. Good. I shall have you escorted back to your hotel. No need of that. No, we, we can make it alone. We'll return here tonight, then. Oh, by the way, there's a young lady with us. May we bring her, too? Of a certainty. Very well, then. For the present, goodbye. Till we meet this evening. So long, Effendi. Reaching the gate outside of the Sheik's estate, Kent and Jimmy make their way into the crowded streets and back to their hotel. Mr. Kent, do you think Mr. White will let us go to Africa? I think so, Jim. Little point in remaining here. Hardly anything stirring. I'll say as much in my cable. Golly, I certainly hope he comes through this time. Oh, don't you worry about it. We'll send the cable Look and... Look out, Mr. Kent. Oh, Jim, what? Up there in that window, a man. What? He's got a knife. He's throwing it at you. Look out. What? Mr. Kent. That knife hit you and, and you're all right. Oh, the, 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 the handle hit me, Jim. But the blade. It shattered. It splintered into a dozen pieces. Well, it probably broke when it hit the ground. Come on, we've got to get inside that house. I want to find out who threw that knife and why. Come on, Jim. Who did throw the knife, and why did he throw it? Has it anything to do with Clark Kent's proposed trip to Africa? Something's brewing, and you can be sure it's something exciting, so don't miss Monday's episode. Listen every day, Monday through Friday, same time, same station. Tune in and follow the adventures of Superman. Well, there goes Superman until Monday. Meanwhile, don't let the weekend go by without buying your share of war-saving stamps. And remember what I told you at the beginning of the program, you fellows and girls who are too young to join the armed forces or any of the national defense organizations. You can do your part. You can help win this war by buying war-saving stamps regularly. So talk it over tonight with Mother and Dad. Ask them to give you a dime every day or even every other day for war-saving stamps. And see if you can't get your friends to buy stamps regularly, too. Or better yet, why not organize a war-saving stamp club right in your neighborhood. Get all your members to talk with their parents and families and friends about the importance of buying war-saving stamps regularly. And make this your slogan. Every time you've got a dime, buy a war-saving stamp. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leave tall buildings in a single bound. Look! Up in the sky! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Follow the adventures of Superman every day, Monday through Friday, same time, same station. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine. This is Mutual.